Hi there, it's me, the biggest monster of all, AI Ethan. On today's episode of I Need to See That, we are talking monster movies, yahoo! I have a list of the top five highest grossing monster horror movies of all time, and I want you two to guess what they are. Okay? Okay. Highest grossing monster movies of all time. So this is how I define monster movie. Oppenheimer. We have class- no, okay. Detective yes, Pikachu. Fine. Got Okay. <laughs> okay. Here's here's how I define monster horror movies. Mm-hmm. I have classic monsters like Dracula, Frankenstein, skeletons, you know, like your classic Halloween costumes, giant monsters like kaiju and, and like Godzilla and King Kong, uh, alien monsters like the blob, the thing, and the alien from Alien, uh, demonic mo- monsters like Hellraiser or Pennywise or the, the critters from Critters or, or demons from Hell. Ghost movies like Talk to Me, which is an awesome movie, or 13 Ghosts or The Others, and transformational monsters like Mr. Hyde or The Wolfman. Cool? Mm-hmm. Um, and for the purposes of this exercise, I am not including Jurassic Park. Okay. All right. So what are the top five uh, monster horror movies? Cloverfield. No. Oh, so not Monster in Law, sorry Jane Fonda. Sorry, and not Monster in Law. Okay. Um, <laughs> um. Yeah, not Oppenheimer, not Monster in Law. Are there any oh. Godzillas on the list? There is a Godzilla on the list. Can you name which one? Godzilla, sorry, Matthew Broderick and Hank Azaria. No, I'm so sorry. Godzilla, uh, the one that came out like yeah. last decade. Yeah, so with- the. Coach. The 2014 Godzilla, which Kyle what? Chandler, yes. <gasps> uh, well, f- oh, clear hearts, full eyes, can't lose Godzilla. Okay, so Godzilla <laughs> 2014 was number three. Number three. Oh, by the way, this is worldwide box office Godzilla okay. for 2014, 529 million. Okay, uh, grossing. Kong. Okay. King Kong is not on the list. Oh, wow. not on the list. Okay, so we said ghosts. Uh, is Casper? Did Casper starring Devin Sawa make the list? I'm I, so what? sorry. Casper starring Devin Sawa did not make the list. Okay. What about? You said no Jurassic Park or Jurassic. Okay, the World. number one movie is a remake of a made-for-TV movie based on a book. Brian's song. I'm so sorry. It is not. <laughs> uh. It's a made-for-TV movie. Like, The Mummy? Is there a Mummy movie it on there? It is a made-for-TV movie. Oh, it, it is. It's it. It's it, it and It oh. Chapter 2. The highest-grossing one is It with $702 million. That's a grossed. lot of money. That's too many people watching clowns. Ethan, did you say another movie in there? It, it Chapter 2? It Chapter 2 is number four with $473 million wow. box office. So we've got number one at It. The number two movie, I'll give you a clue, mm-hmm. was one of the few horror movies to be nominated for Best Picture. Uh, what decade was it in? In the 90s, and I'll give you a clue. 
Ghosts. Oh, Sixth Sense. Yeah, there you no. go. Sixth Sense is number two, $672 million. Okay. So you have It, Sixth Sense, Godzilla, It Chapter 2. What is number five? Give me one I'll give you a clue. clue. It is another movie that got nominated for Best Picture. Arguably one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Monsters, Inc. I'm so sorry. It is not Monsters, Inc. <laughs> uh, oh, The Exorcist? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay. There you go. The Exorcist, $441 million. Number six, Signs, if you want to include that. Ugh. But I want to give a special shout out to a movie that I think is number seven or eight on this list. Yeah, number seven was Prometheus. Number eight Ugh. is a movie called The Nun. The Nun is number eight highest grossing horror monster film of all time, uh, beating out all the other Conjuring movies. Let's, let's give it up for James Wan. He rules. Anyway, this is I Need to See That, a podcast about movies. I'm Eli. I'm Caroline. I'm Ethan. I'm Ethan. Uh, and today we're talking monster <laughs> movies. Like I said, uh, that's going to be your classic monsters, your giant monsters, your alien monsters, your demonic monsters, ghosts, and transformational monsters. Uh, and I'm really excited to talk about this. We're also going to hear uh, Caroline's review of The Thing, first time she saw The Thing, uh, where her boyfriend... Uh, who owned a Blu-ray, went out of his way to buy the 4K. That's how excited he was that Caroline was willing to watch the thing. This podcast is changing lives. We love you, boyfriend. We love, we you, love boyfriend. you, boyfriend. We do love him. Uh, bad news, though. He did go to the Best Buy and lied. They didn't have the 4K, so we had to watch the Blu-ray. Well, that's upsetting. I know. That's an upsetting ending to that story. I know. But I still watched um, it. We're also going to hear Ethan's reluctant. We love you, boyfriend. We're also going to hear Ethan's reluctant review of uh, Double Double Toil and Trouble, the Olsen Twins masterpiece. I'm excited to hear uh, Ethan's thoughts on that. Um, But first, Caroline. Yeah. Last week, you said one of the reasons you don't watch horror is because um, there aren't very many female directed horror films. And I was extremely quick to be like, no, you're wrong. There are so many. Holy crap. You were right. There are not that many female directed horror films. Mm. I have a list um, of my top five and a couple notable ones. Uh, And there certainly are a ton of movies out there directed by um, strong female voices that have horror themes. Um, But there aren't really any director that I would call a true master of horror mm-hmm. meaning they have just a huge library of horror films that they have produced or directed um and it, it's it's kind of surprising when i went back um here are my top five female directed horror films number five <laughs> i have slumber party massacre directed by amy holden jones i feel like i don't <laughs> even need to tell you what that movie is about it's in the title by the way my favorite movies uh can ex- you, you can very much summarize what the movie is based on the title, which is hey. why I think the movie Ghost Dad is one of the best movies ever made because it's <laughs> it's perfect. What's that movie about? Uh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> That's it. Uh, number four <laughs> is... Uh, number four is the movie Raw, uh, directed by uh, Julia Ducourneau. I probably butchered that. Uh, it's a French cannibal movie. It's great. Mm. Number three, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, directed by Anna Lily Amipour, uh, is an Iranian vampire western. Go out oh. of your way to see that movie. That sounds amazing. Number two, I have a movie called 
Goodnight Mommy, directed by Veronica Franz. Uh, it was just remade, but basically a mom starts wearing all these bandages uh, on her face and the twin boys uh, don't believe that she's actually uh, um. their mom. It's a really cool movie. And number one is The Babadook, directed by Jennifer Kent. Uh, dope, dope, dope. You should see The Babadook, Caroline. That's okay. my Babadook it's, impression. It's not only a demon ghost movie, um, but it's also a really interesting uh, uh, depiction of grief mm. and anxiety. It's such a good movie. Okay. Can I? Do, can I? Also, Babadook is a gay icon, to, to bring it back to something Ethan said off, off record. We should do um, a month on female directors. I personally, I feel yeah. like I should watch. I'm like looking at Letterboxd right now at like some lists, and I am I'm embarrassed at how few of these are uh, shaded out because I haven't watched them. So I I think that that would be a, yeah. a worthy a worthy exploration. Well, I'm thrilled we're giving women a voice on this podcast. Wait, so we, shut up, Caroline. Eli, what did you think about my idea? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a pun for a month. Uh, may we give women voices on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask, and Eli, I'm sorry if this starts like jumping on your new radio essay that you will be doing mm. but one of the cool things to me about supernatural horror above all the other genres of horror is it feels like the the symbolism and the meaning behind it is uh the, the most pronounced out of all of the different horror subgenres mm. like these monsters really can stand for something so these movies can be about communism or uh about anxiety or about grief um or about growing up or about sex in a way that like gory movies don't mm -hmm. necessarily have the same grasp on or um what's the last one that we're oh even psychological psychological, like, psychological yeah. is is more of a character study i think and these you know my list it, it feels like i can tell you what all of these movies are about and what it's using its monster or its supernatural element to represent in our real world. I agree, Ethan. Um, I think monster movies and these supernatural movies, uh, more than any uh, other subgenre of horror, really just nail the metaphor on the head, and it's very clear uh, what they represent. Looking at this list and going over a, a, a brief history, I see repeated themes of especially repression, where the monsters represent the upper class literally stepping on the lower class, um, but also clear themes of prejudice where movies ask the question, who is the real monster? Um, you have the end of King Kong where they say, it was beauty that killed the beast. Can I get an that was applause? A great Jack that was pretty, Black impression. Thank you. Yeah, that's thank so you. good. Oh, I guess I went with the, the remake. Um, or the <laughs> end of Plan 9 from Outer Space where the alien says, you see, you see, you're stupid minds. Stupid! Stupid! That's my favorite line in all cinema, by the way. <laughs> it's so good. Um, terrible movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, Ethan, you're right. It's, it's very clear. And now, my dearly departed friends, we present to you the history of monster movies. 
if you listen to last week's show, I, I gave a brief history of horror. Um, today, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on um, monster movies and, and give a kind of a brief history, um, but also talk about some of the big names um, in this genre of horror, um, which is really the people responsible for the special effects. Okay, but let's start with the history of monster movies. As I said last week. Um, it really all starts with uh, George Melies with uh, House of the Devil in 1896, um, which is not only considered the first horror film, it's also considered the first vampire film, which is notable because Bram Stoker's Dracula didn't come out until 1897. So it predated mm. Bram Stoker's Dracula. thought that was oh, interesting. Um, in 1950, a director named Powell Wagner uh, released Der Golem, uh, based on the old Jewish folklore of the golem, uh, basically a clay monster, uh, pr- it comes to life and protects Eastern European Jews. Uh, but he dies after falling in love with his master's daughter, who rejects him. In 1920, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde comes out, which is transformation horror. Um, and in 1922, Nosferatu comes out. Here's a fun fact about Nosferatu. Uh, that word means the undead. Uh, and producers of the film originally wanted to make a Bram Stoker's Dracula film, but they didn't want to pay royalties to the Bram Stoker estate. So they made their own vampire movie uh, with just enough changes to clear them of copyright infringement. That's why Nosferatu looks different. That's why the story's a little uh, bit different. I think that's really interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, in 1925, uh, Universal Horror comes into to play with uh, Phantom of the Opera, starring Lon Chaney, uh, who was known as the Man of a Thousand Faces. Everyone knows that that image. When, when, personally, when I think of Phantom of the Opera, and I'm not thinking of the musical, I think of that face, that Lon Chaney face. Do you know what I'm talking about? That that yeah. famous monster. After that, in 1927, he did a movie called uh, London After Midnight, where he played a vampire. Uh, and if you if you Google images of that. His face looks so different. He re- Lon Chaney really was the man of a thousand faces. Um, in 1931, Universal Horror started uh, making the movie Dracula, mm. and it was originally supposed to be Lon Chaney playing Dracula, but Lon really? Chaney died. Um, so they turned to the person who was playing Dracula on stage at the time, uh, whose name was Bella Lugosi. Kind of interesting. Bella Lugosi. Mm. Bella Lugosi. Uh, in ni- in 1931, Universal Horror makes Frankenstein. Uh, the person who was supposed to play the monster in Frankenstein was Bella Lugosi, but he didn't want to do it because it wasn't a speaking role. It was below him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so producers went to a different actor named William Henry Prant, whose stage name was Boris Karloff. Anyway, uh, in 1932, they make The Mummy, also starring Boris Karloff. Cool? With me so far? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm following. Following is like a refresh of my history of last week with a little more detail. See what I'm doing? You get you get my thing. Um, in the late 50s, there's a UK horror production company called Hammer Horror. They realized they could make a ton of money remaking all of those old original classic monster movies. Only because they're in the UK, they didn't have to follow the Hayes Code, so they could actually mm. have a lot of violence and gore and blood. And these movies have a lot of blood and gore. In 1957, they make The Curse of Frankenstein, starring Peter Cushing 
as Victor Frankenstein and Christopher Lee as the creature. In 1958, they made The Horror of Dracula, starring Peter Cushing as Van Helsing and Christopher Lee as Count Dracula. In 1959, they make The Mummy, starring Peter Cushing as John Banning and Christopher Lee as The Mummy. Next, they make The Hounds of Baskerville, which they make as a horror, starring Peter Cushing as Sherlock Holmes and Christopher Lee as Sir Henry. By the way, it's very important. This is very important to me that I point this out. Uh, Peter Cushing played Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars A New Hope, and Christopher Lee played Count Dooku in all the Star Wars prequels. I just had to that, point out that. That, that literally means nothing little... to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but go out of your way to see those Hammer horror movies. They're, they're fucking awesome, for real. Ethan, have you seen any of those? I've seen Star Wars. Okay, thank you. Um, but you knew Christopher Lee played Dracula. That's pretty yeah, famous. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, All right, so in the 1950s, we get uh, giant monster movies. Um, I said the story last week, but basically World War II ends, Oppenheimer made the bomb, Truman dropped it. Nobody knew what the result of atomic warfare will be, so we start to get all these giant monster movies. Um, Here are a few of them. The Killer Shrews, Them, which was the giant ants movie, Attack of the 50-Foot Women, which Tim Burton's about to remake, Uh, Attack of the 50-Foot Man, a.k.a. The Amazing Colossal Man, Puppet People, which actually reversed it. These are really small people. It's a horrible Oof, movie. No. Uh, Attack oh. of the Crab Monsters, Attack of the Giant Leeches, Attack of the Giant Gila Monster, Earth vs. the Spider, Tarantula, the Cyclops, the Crawling Eye, the Colossus of New York. Um, and then you also have a bunch of alien movies. Ready? The Blob, It Came from Outer Space, The Brain from Planet Eros. Killers from Space, The Day the World Ended, Plan 9 from Outer Space, The War of the Worlds, and The Day the Earth Stood Still. You also, of course, have Godzilla, which is where they coined the phrase kaiju. Uh, yeah. Have either of you heard that term before, kaiju? Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's a Japanese word that refers to monsters and creatures from ancient Japanese legends or folklore. Um, but it's used in cinema to represent giant monster. So a few examples mm. of that is Godzilla, mm-hmm. King Kong, yeah. Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, all the Godzilla crazy sequels, which there are a ton, uh, such as Terror, Terror of Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla and Invasion of the Astro Monster. I want to watch all of these. Uh, there's Godzilla spinoffs such as Gamora or Gamera, uh, Guardian of the Universe, Rodan. Rodan, is that it? Or And Son of Godzilla, which is a fascinating movie. Um, and then there's a movie, I, I need to highlight this. There's a movie called uh, Polgasari. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. All right, buckle up, Ethan. It's a 1985 North Korean movie produced by Kim Jong-il. Um, background, Kim Jong-il was a huge fan of kaiju movies. So what did he do? He abducted the director, Shin Sang-Okay, and his wife yes. and threw them in jail for five years, released them and reunited them in order to get them to film propaganda movies. One of those propaganda movies was Pulgasari, uh, which is a giant kaiju movie, um, which he considered a metaphor for the effects of unchecked capitalism and the power of the collective. Um, later Make on, that movie. Make that movie, Hollywood. Make that movie. Later yeah. on, at it will, it, it, here's the ending of the movie. Uh, 
they take Shin Sang Okay and his wife uh, take a, a movie to a film festival in Austria uh, where they basically fake they had to go to the bathroom, escape the film festival, and fled to oh the U.S. Embassy. God. Oh I my God. Oh, my God. Make that movie. That is a fucking great movie. I'm sure someone has the rights to it. They have to. I think the, I think he's still alive. I think the director's still alive. Who would you want to make that movie? Like suspenseful, tense about Jordan movie. Peele. I, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Yeah. Or or because you can you can play with kaiju cinema in it. How about Guillermo del Toro? Yeah, a lover del Toro. of film who has made a kaiju movie in Pacific Rim. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll throw out another name actually. Bong Joon Ho. Who made? I was about to say the yeah. He made the host, which is another kaiju movie. Um, and fun fact, um, in South Korea, the host was such a big deal that they have a giant statue of the host in South Korea. It's really cool. You should Google it. I love that. I know. Um, monster movies are heavy on special effects, so let's talk about the people responsible for those um special effects. This is how I'm going to end my history of monster movies. Okay. Here we go. Here's a name. Willis H. O'Brien. He's considered the grandfather of uh, visual effects in monster movies. He was born in 1886. He grew up in California and got super into dinosaurs. Um, and he got a knack for sculpting things out of clay. Uh, he ended up teaming up with a newsreel cameraman to film an experimental film using clay sculpture of a dinosaur and a clay sculpture of a caveman, uh, which led to, in 1915, he was hired to direct a movie, and this movie's called The Dinosaur and the Missing Link, A Prehistoric Tragedy. And then he gets hired to work on movies. In 1925, he makes The Lost World, which is just a revolutionary film. Um, if you've ever seen The Lost World, it's it's claymation or stop motion uh, uh, dinosaurs and then real life people in the foreground. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. remarkable. And then in 1933, he's hired to make a very small, tiny little film. You might have heard of it called King Fucking Kong. This is the guy who did the claymation for King Kong, Willis H. O'Brien. Then he did Son of Kong. Then he did The Beast of Hollow Mountain. He gets a story credit on King Kong vs. Godzilla. And then in 1949, he works on a movie called Mighty Joe Young. Willis H. O'Brien is a name everyone should know. (laughs) Okay. Go off, King Kong. Ugh. Ugh. Good. I'm. I thought that was great. That was great. That hurt me. Yeah, that was All amazing. Right. Do you know who else worked on Mighty Joe Young in 1949? Charlize Theron. Oh, Charlize Theron. Nice, <laughs> nice. In 1949, <laughs> uh, somebody else working on the special effects is a is a young man named Ray Harryhausen. Okay, Ray Harryhausen then goes on to do the visual effects in uh, 1953's The Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. 1955, It Came From Beneath the Sea. 1956, Earth First the Flying Saucers. 1957, 20 Million Miles from Earth. And then uh, he becomes Ray Harryhausen. He does Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. He does Jason and the Argonauts. He does Clash of the Titans. And in 1998, he is the VFX consultant on a movie called Mighty Joe Young, starring Charlize Theron. Wow, it all goes back to Shirley's Theron. She is truly the you know who else? Kevin Bacon you know who did the... of Mighty Joe Young movies. Well, mm-hmm. you know who did the makeup on Mighty Joe Young in 1998? Who? A man by the name of Rick Baker, who in 1972 did the special effects of 
The Thing with Two Heads. And in 1973, did the special effects for a tiny little movie, you might have heard of it, called The Fucking Exorcist. He also did special effects on the 1976 King Kong remake. And then he also did makeup on The Howling, An American Werewolf in London, Harry and the Hendersons, the remake of Planet of the Apes, the Benicio Del Toro, The Wolfman. This man, Rick Baker, is also responsible for the Nutty Professor movies. That's right, this guy made The Clumps. And then later on, he also made Norbit. And I was about to and he say. Also made the, and he also made the Jim Carrey, the Grinch. Nor- the That's Oscar Rick- nominated for makeup, Norbit. Norbit. Yep. Rick Baker. But really, in terms of horror, I'll always think of Rick Baker when I think of an American werewolf in London. That transformation scene is remarkable. Um, hey. Now I want to talk about somebody named Stan Winston. Do you know who Stan Winston is? Um, no, no, I do not. Here are the movies he did the special effects for. The Terminator, T2, T3, uh, Invaders from Mars, Aliens, Predator, and Predator 2, a small movie called The Monster Squad, which rules. Uh, He did the live-action dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. He worked on the movie Congo. Note, that's not Mighty Joe Young, but hey, another giant monkey movie. Uh, He did uh, a special shout-out here. He did the special effects on Galaxy Quest, one of my favorite movies of all time. He also did the special effects on a movie called AI, Artificial Intelligence. He did makeup on The Thing, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Interview with the Vampire, and The Island of Dr. Moreau. Wow. So he was in charge of live-action dinosaurs on Jurassic Park, but there was another person who was a dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park, and his name is Phil Tippett. Here are the movies Phil Tippett did special effects on. Star Wars, A New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back. He did the claymation for the chess pieces. And then he also did the miniature work for those things in in Empire Strikes Back. I don't know the name. Sorry, nerds. Uh, In 1978, he worked on a movie called Piranha. He worked on Robocop. Uh, He worked on Tremors 2, Aftershock, Starship Troopers, The Haunting, Evolution, which is a movie I used to love. He did pretty much all the Twilight movies. Um, in 2021, he released his... He basically vanished from the public and just held up in his basement making his own claymation movie, which came out in 2021, called Mad God, which is a bonkers, insane movie, if you haven't seen that. Um, and then if you watch the the TV show Poker Face, there's that episode with Nick Nolte, mm. where he basically is playing... He's basically playing Phil Tippett. But mm. in that, you see, like, um, a series of claymation um movies that the Nick Nolte character made that's actually made by Phil Tippett Mm -hmm. so that's that's where I'm wrapping up my history of monster movies um because really monster movies are all about the people who made them and I just I just listed um some masters William H. O'Brien Ray Harryhausen Rick Baker Stan Winston and Phil Tippett wow that was a mash a monster mash he did a mash mash. he did a monster mash Eli that was really good Great that job. was amazing. Thank you. So now, Ethan, it is time for us to give our top five monster movies. Cool. Do you want to start? Sure. Number five for me is The Vavitch. Uh, some people call it The Witch by Robert Eggers. I call it the Vavitch because there are two V's on that poster. I thought this movie was 
really scary. Anya Taylor-Joy's eyes are so far apart on her head, and it makes that young, puritanical girl very scary. And uh, this movie invented uh, ASMR, right? With uh, Black Phillip, the, the devil goat. I love the way they talk in that movie. He, he did a lot of research on like how they originally, how they would have spoken back then. I know some audience members were like, "What am I watching?" He also did that in, um, he also did that in the Lighthouse. But I, I love the witch. Me too. The Wait, the Veach. Here, let's see if Caroline, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I'll actually say that this is not the scariest movie. Like all of my other ones are much scarier. This is not a very. scary scary movie but it is really interesting it's really well shot um and it's it's just unsettling um and wait let me let mm. me try does thouest want to live deliciously how, how'd i do ethan you're you're a really good actor Ethan. Thank oh my you. god wow. so good. okay what's your number five a movie that caroline has seen godzilla minus one wow i know there might be recency bias here. I've seen a lot of Godzilla movies. I haven't seen them all. There's too many to see. Um, I think Godzilla Minus One is the best Godzilla movie. You know my favorite genre is movie that is one thing and turns out to be another thing. Right. This is a very slow, quiet war drama, and then there's a Godzilla there. Did you it see? It is so good. Did you see it in black and white, or did you see it in color? I saw it both. I first saw it in color, and then I recently saw it in black and white. I only saw it in black and white, and I walked into this movie not knowing what to expect, and I uh, I think I the only movie I cried at more this year was Past Lives. Ethan, what's your number four? My number four is Carrie by mm. Brian De Palma, Sissy Spacek. Uh, I think that this movie is just really scary, uh, and I think that with all of my supernatural horror movies, I I don't have any James Wan movies or movies that are uh, like big jump scary movies. I think it's a lot of just dread and slow burn until it really hits its stride and you're in such like a depressed, dark place that those scares work really well on you. And I think that Carrie is a great example of that. Uh, it is, it's just... Um, I, I rewatched it this Halloween and just found myself thinking about it for weeks after. Um, it's it's a really well done, scary, scary, scary movie. Like a great 70s horror scary movie. Great movie. Mm-hmm. Caroline, have you seen it? Um, I've seen most of it and it's a musical that really now, has gone yeah. under the radar. <laughs> that was my follow up. Did you see the musical? Yeah. It has great, great songs. I can't remember who wrote the um, musical, though. Um, I'll look it up. My number four is Hellraiser. Yeah. Mm. Hellraiser is an incredible... Like, I, I kind of want to say my number four is not just Hellraiser 1. It's the entire Hellraiser series. Uh, I texted with Ethan about Hellraiser a while ago, and he asked me what my t- top five Cenobites are. Um, so the ridiculous... Like, if you don't know what Hellraiser is, like, and you just heard that was a thing I texted you out of context, what a ridiculous thing. This is a ridiculous movie. Number five, The Doctor. Number four, Hellraiser 3's CD Head. 
Number three, Pinhead from the the, the new female Pinhead from the from the remake. Uh, number two, the original Pinhead, and number one, Butterball. Hey, Caroline, do me a favor. Google image search Cenobites. <laughs> okay, is this what I'm looking at? Yes. Yeah, yeah those are the Cenobites. Oh, they went to Hot Topic. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, I guess Hellraiser is like Hot Topic chic. And yeah. It's a crazy movie. All of them. All of them. All right, Ethan, what's your number three? My number three is Hereditary. I never felt worse coming out of a movie than Hereditary. And it's uh, anytime someone clicks their tongue, I run. I just run. So there's something beautiful here, which is a lot of these subgenres can blend into each other. I have Hereditary on my psychological horror list, but you can make an argument for either. I am a different human being after seeing Hereditary than I was before seeing Hereditary. It's it it's it's a movie that, within its own like micro sub genres, is one thing, and then it becomes another thing, and then it becomes another thing. It's oh, it's rare that a movie actually legitimately scares me, and Hereditary actually legitimately scared me. Absolutely. Uh, my number three is a transformation horror movie. Uh. The Fly, yeah, the 1986 Jeff movie, Jeff Goldblum, Daddy, uh, <laughs> uh, Fly Daddy, Caroline. Have you seen The Fly, the remake, the Jeff Goldblum? I've seen clips of him as a fly. Okay, it's a really good movie. That's it. That's all I want to say about it. It's, it's really just... good. It's really gross. It's a gross movie. It it's is a Cronenberg. gross out, gross, well, gross fly- Cronenberg flies movie. Flies are gross. But my pick's the fly. Pour one out for Brundle Fly. Um, Love Ethan, what's your number two? My number two, um, already mentioned earlier, is The Exorcist. Uh, I think that Pazuzu is just an all-timer. Just an all-timer. My number two is a movie we already mentioned, The Host. Bong Joon-ho's The Host. Incredible movie. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Bon June Ho. That's what the month of June will be. Oh, that works. Mm. Although I think we're doing June Williams. Oh, we had nah, June anyway. Williams. Next year, 2025 <laughs> can be Bong June Ho. Bong June. 2026 oh. is June Squib. Ethan, uh, Ethan, do you have any special call outs before we get to number one? Yeah, a couple that I wanted to call out. Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland. A Quiet Place from the imagination of John Krasinski, Caroline. <laughs> uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, is a really good movie. I don't know what happened with all of the many sequels, but the first one's really good. Eh. Rosemary's Baby, uh, the original Blair Witch, Alien. Uh, is definitely a, a a good one. Oh, the mist. Have you seen the mist, Eli? Yeah, best ending in movie history. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I also had the fly. What was the my... movie you said before? What was the movie you said before the mist? Oh, you said Alien. That was the one. Huh. Oh, yeah, Alien. I don't like Alien. I think it's a horrible movie. Really? Hot t- hot takes. You don't I like going. Alien? Okay, but my number one supernatural horror movie. Uh, which I think 
Eli might might not appear on your list because it'll appear on your psychological horror list is The Shining. Uh, whenever I t- ask, whenever I tell people what movie I wish I could watch for the first time again, I always pick The Shining. I have never been more scared in my life. Watching it, even when you know it's going to happen, is still very scary. I love The Shining. Go watch The Shining if you haven't seen it. Yeah, The Shining rules. Yeah, rules. Good pick. Um, my special call-outs. Um, the original Frankenstein from 1931. We we talk about it a lot, but I actually rewatched it kind of recently. It's a masterpiece. It's incredible. Uh, I mentioned earlier... An American Werewolf in London from 1981 is great. Uh, the Blob from 1958 and 1988. The Howling, which is an underrated werewolf movie from 1981. Mm. Session 9, which is a ghost film from 2001. That movie was filmed in the Danvers State Mental Hospital. I used to pass that hospital, which is abandoned, every day on my way to high school. So that movie scared the, the everything out of me. Um, and then I have a couple of monster comedies, Little Shop of Horrors, the musical from 1986, and Monster Squad from 1987. But my number one is Alien. Of course I like Alien. It's my number one. What's wrong with you? You think I don't like Alien? I was like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's my number one. And note, I it was between Alien and Aliens, and I actually put Aliens as more of an action movie than a horror movie. Same. And I absolutely put the first Alien as a horror movie. 100% <laughs> Aliens would be on my top list, but I also agreed it's an action movie. Have you seen Alien, Carolyn? I actually had to watch it for a film class in college, and I remember all the professor talked about was, wow, this is a vagina. This is a womb. This is a vagina. This is a womb. I was like, wow, okay, uh, all right. That's that's alien. <laughs> For the record, I do that with any movie I watch. Yeah, I figured. How'd you do that with Ghost Dad? Can you point out the <laughs> vaginas and wombs in Ghost Dad? <laughs> Those are our uh, top monster movies. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Email us at I need to see that pod at gmail.com or visit us at I need to see that.com. And now the music cue. Um, Caroline, you watched the thing. I did. I did. Tell us everything. Well, could I say a movie that probably would have been on both of our top five lists had mm. we not asked you to watch it um, last week? Because I think the fu- the thing would definitely be in my top five. Yeah, I texted Ethan and said, hey, we can't put the thing on. It would be my number one. Mm. It'd be okay. my number two. That makes sense. Well, okay, here's what I'll say. I think it's really brave that eight men were in a room together and not one of them decided they wanted to be on an improv team. And I thought that was incredible. I thought that was incredible. Incredible film, not one man. <laughs> there is a zip zap zop in the deleted scenes. but mm, I figured. Um, no, I really loved it. I really, really, really liked it a lot. Um, I thought um, the thing really reminded me of the Alien and Independence Day. And it made me think, I was like, wow, Kurt Russell, could he be the president in Independence Day? And could Bill Pullman be Kurt Russell in the thing? 
I don't know. What what do we think? I don't think I doesn't Bill have Pullman. the hair. Doesn't yeah, have Bill, the hair. Bill Pullman couldn't have done it. Yeah. Needs the hair. Yeah. Uh, I know he's got very piercing blue eyes in this movie. It's very hard to look away from them. Uh, and I thought I really liked it. I thought um, it was interesting. I learned about okay, what were my things that I took notes on? Um, it's wild that Ennio Morricone was nominated for a Razzie for the score, uh, and then he ended up using the leftover music from this score for The Hateful Eight and won the Oscar for How it. How cool is that? How wow. cool is that? Is that? I, that? I love that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was nuts because I was like, the score is actually amazing. Um, so I can't imagine why you would give a Razzie to that. Um, I, uh, it's wild. It came out the same day as Blade Runner, and wow. that E.T. came out weeks before that. So the thing bombed. She was a bomb. Um, and um, it makes sense to me that it that because it came out in '82. Is that right? That basically this is like a metaphor for AIDS. Yep. With like yep. The, yeah, yep. with like the blood and like Absolutely. how how it's transforming everyone. I was like, I thought that I think that is super, super interesting. Um I I really loved it. And I think um I guess well and then okay, because I've was doing some more research on the do you think they both are the thing at the end? Who or is it Childs or is it Kurt Russell or both or like one or neither? Yeah, I think that's my favorite part of the movie is that you don't you don't know. And it goes back to that theme I brought up before, which is who is the real monster? Is it is it the monster itself or is mm. it the paranoia around being the monster? Yeah. John Car- I think it's cool. John Carpenter did say, though, um, in some interview, he said he doesn't understand how there could be ambiguity um, because the last scene shows Kurt Russell and Keith David staring each other down harshly backlit. It's completely glaringly obvious that Kurt Russell's breathing and Keith David is not. Oh. Caroline, can I ask a question? The entire time you were watching the movie, did your boyfriend watch the movie or stare at you? Um, <laughs> I think it was a mix. It was like 50-50 because I did look over. I was like, why are you staring at me? I was... <laughs> um, it's, sometimes it's not about watching the movie. It's about watching the reaction of your uh, your close partner. Mm-hmm. And to see and how they feel. That. I know. I'll see how he feels about that when we see the parent trap in theaters on February 17th. Um, but I did read, also it was funny, we're talking about Alien. John Carpenter wanted to do the thing like this because he didn't like the alien and alien because it's a man in a alien suit and alien the for the special effects. Uh, is it? so? It, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a man in suit? I think so. I, think, I was like reading trivia on the thing uh, before this. So I think that's, so John Carpenter hated the alien and alien and he wanted to really improve upon that. Oh yes, yeah, so that was man in suit. Sorry. Yeah. I, I thought you said there was a man in suit in the thing. I was no, like, wait, what? Oh, no, 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 no. An alien and thing that's not man yes. in suit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the special effects on the thing is wild. Well, I'm so happy you liked it, Caroline. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I thank you for making me watch it. I really loved it. I did. There was another fun trivia. Right, I think it's like the British Antarctica Station. They watch it together every May. It is now that time of our show where we make Ethan watch a movie he absolutely does not want to see. This week, Caroline and me actually it was a partner. Yeah, uh, forced Ethan's hand to watch the Olsen twins epic masterpiece double double toil and trouble also starring the leech cloris leachman 
Ethan, how did that go? This movie is horrifying. If <laughs> if you choose to watch this as like a prequel to Mulholland Drive, you will just be fully put on edge the entire time. It is so uncomfortably shot and like the the people in this town are so off-putting. Oh god, is this was a t- it was a tough watch. It was a tough can, watch. Can you write us the plot? Yeah. The plot is there's like a, a nondescript town in America and uh Mary Kate and Ashley are twins named some other names and their family is down on their luck with money and their father is Will from Will and Grace and they visit the day before Halloween they visit an aunt who used to be a twin but her other twin has disappeared and they find out that the still alive twin is an evil witch who has access to the moonstone and that allowed her to have magic powers there's also a magic wand at some point and then uh the twins decide that they're going to steal the moonstone from Cloris Leachman's witch <laughs> and uh they find out that the twin is actually trapped in a mirror and uh so they have to save the the twin to help who will give her parents a loan so they don't get kicked out of their house. And they do. That's many, the end. They do. How, how many notes did you take? I took uh, 31 notes. 31 notes. Okay. Um, I would like to hear note number one. My prediction is there will be zero true Macbeth references. And I was correct. Uh, Let's... Uh, what's number six for 666? Number six. Holy shit, Cloris Leachman is an actual witch? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, number 13. Number 13. Cloris Leachman is going at an 11 out of 10, but not in a children's movie kind of way. Number 18. Number 18. Is this random man under a bridge British? Where are we in the world? <laughs> uh, 23. Number 23. They took a ridiculous clown car to a witch's seance. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. 29. 29. There's a long scene without the Olsen twins, and it's really creepy. Um, 31. Will from Will and Grace killed mean Cloris Leachman. Oh, spoiler alert. Because because then they switched her, so they took the good twin out of the mirror, they put the bad twin in the mirror, and then Will runs through the mirror. Mm -hmm. So who do you think is the better actor, Mary-Kate or Ashley? Elizabeth Olsen is the only (laughs) correct answer, obviously. Um, this was me quickly Googling if Chloris Leachman ever appeared on Will and Grace. She did not. Um, thank you, Ethan. I'm happy you liked that movie. I feel like we've been giving you pretty fun, good movies. Uh, next week, of course, we are talking about my favorite subject, my favorite subgenre for horror. We're doing gore. 
which will include slasher films. Hey, Caroline, gore. Which will include eyes are closed. slasher films, torture porn, video nasties, and of course, Al Gore. Um, and Leslie Gore. And Leslie Gore. Um, so, Ethan, I did what any good friend would do, and I Googled worst slasher film ever made. And I came up with this. When a professor specializing in ancient rites and rituals is attacked and his family killed by four of his students, he summons an evil spirit to hunt down the attackers and avenge his family. This is Meat Cleaver Massacre from 1976. Incredible. I I hope you enjoy that. What am I watching? Okay, so Ethan, let's talk for real. And Caroline, if you've seen any of these movies, let us know. Okay. To me, Ethan, when I think of the genre, there are two movies that come into mind immediately. Number one is Halloween. And yeah. number two is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. I think that um I think that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we'll probably be talking about both these movies next week on our list. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is truly disturbing, and Halloween is quite enjoyable. And uh, and it is scary. And it stars Kyle Richards of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Whoa! Yes, she's a child actor in it. Yes, because she's she and her sisters. Because uh, Kim Richards was also in Escape from Witch Mountain. Uh, Kathy Hilton, I can't remember what she's been in, but yeah, but Kyle, that's why, because she, she came back, that's why Kyle Richards had bad bangs like three seasons ago on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because she was in the new, was it Halloween Kills? I haven't seen any of them, yeah. but I know them because of Kyle Richards, and then Jamie Lee Curtis guested on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last year, trying to hawk her wind chimes because of Kyle Richards. Okay, I, I, I think we have our answer. I think it has to be Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween. Okay. Yeah, it's Great. Halloween. You know what would be amazing if we get through all of this and we've only made Caroline watch John Carpenter movies. Oh, he directed (laughs) this too? Oh, exciting. Yes, he did. Okay. Amazing. I I text us when your boyfriend hears that you have to watch Halloween now. And text us again when he goes out. Oh, he watches Housewives. He'll be thrilled. (laughs) Text us again when he goes out to buy the 4K of Halloween just for this. Yeah. Uh... Thank you, everybody. I'm very excited for next week. Oh, we're already doing the song. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Please remember to write, review, subscribe. Uh, Remember to do the Monster Mash. Uh, Thank you to our 67%, uh, uh, sorry, 68% female identifying audience, our 29.8% male identifying audience, our 2.1% not specified audience. Thank you to our listeners in Belgium, Ireland, Norway. Norway! In the United States, uh, <laughs> email us. Uh, fingers visit crossed us, for Australia. Uh, 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 fingers crossed for Australia. Uh, and as always, no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Nope. Ethan loves Bill Cosby too. I do not. This is unreal. How did this become the bit? <laughs> You see? You see? Your stupid minds. Stupid! Stupid! <laughs>